Welcome to Equipping the Body. I'm Dr. Brad Starnes, and today we're continuing our series through the book of James. And so we dealt with verse 12 yesterday, and today we are going to pick up in verse 13. And what I've done here, and I haven't done this in the past, but what I've been doing for several months now is basically just re-preaching kind of a truncated version of sermons that I've been preaching at at our pastorate here at Cedar Shoals Baptist Church. So at Cedar Shoals, we've been going through the book of James um, verse by verse, word by word. And so I've just taken those sermon manuscripts and basically re-preached them uh, via the podcast. And I came to this part of James in 5, 13 through 18, where James goes into a teaching on prayer, and he looks at it from several different, uh, I guess, angles, you could say. He talks about uh, prayer uh, if, if you're suffering. He talks about praying for the sick. He talks about confessing sin. I mean, he kind of just goes into all these different points of prayer, kind of a big picture on the different uh, aspects of prayer. I mean, you know, praying for this, praying for that. Um, And so really 13 through 18 is one pericope uh, and should be treated as such. But uh, what I wanted to do was take uh, my time and going through this. And so I, I took verse 13 by itself um, verse 13, the first sentence, um, or first two sentences, I guess, technically, and addressed a situation there uh, in the the point of affliction, suffering, that he talks about. And then I went back and dealt with 13 through 18 as a whole. And so that's what I'm going to do. So you know, anyways, all that all that introduction. James chapter 5, verse 13, and pay, pay attention to the first two sentences. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Period. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. You know, the Bible is filled with stories of God's people experiencing great difficulties, and afflictions. From the people of Israel wandering in the wilderness and suffering under Pharaoh in Egypt or Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon to the Apostle Paul with his thorn in the flesh, we must remember that God never promised us a rose garden. Hard times, difficult circumstances are going to arise. However, when those happen, we must ask, what is the answer to affliction? Now, I'm not suggesting that uh, God is the author of evil or anything like that. I mean, I we know that God allows our suffering, but rather that God's redemptive purpose in our suffering draws us closer to him. And it furthers our sanctification. David said in Psalms 119.67, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. So it's often that God allows afflictions to draw us back to him or to take us deeper 
with him. As the old saying goes, uh, pressure makes diamonds. However, sometimes uh, the afflictions are something else. I mean, somebody uh, forces us to suffer in some way, uh, such as persecution, or or it's self-inflicted suffering. You know, we, we do something we should not have done or make a poor decision and we suffer as a consequence. Regardless, and there's different types of sufferings, physical, emotional, financial, mental, spiritual, whatever. The answer is all the same. And so I want to go ahead and give you the answer to the question. What, what is the answer to affliction? Prayer. Prayer. Now, before you say, well, okay, there, there it is. Let, if, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Uh, end of the sermon. Let's go home. Let's dig into this a little bit deeper. Prayer is the answer to affliction. James begins with this straightforward instructional statement. He says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray, full stop. Now, before you say we got it, when bad stuff happens, pray, let's consider the implications and all of the angles of this singular statement. First of all, let's discuss that word suffering, or in the authorized version, affliction. It comes from the Greek word kakopotheo, the root word kakos, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, probably not, meaning evil, and pathos, meaning suffering. So suffering. So literally to suffer evil, to endure hardship. We see that James assumes that some are afflicted, or else he would not ask the question. He already assumes that some of you are suffering. Now, how does this line up with the common uh charismatic teaching today. I love what Adrian Rogers called them, the joy boys on TV that say, God will come to Jesus. You'll be wealthy, healthy, fat and sassy, prosperous, or send me a seed money and God will bless you and you'll be loaded. And, uh, you know, like that uh, crook Kenneth Copeland, that heretic of hell, uh, God wants you to buy me a $12 million jet. Um, in reality, Jesus never taught anything of the sort. Um, that's that's not real Christianity. That's not biblical, uh, and that's just not reality. I mean, that's not real. I mean, if that was the case, then why would James waste his breath telling people to pray in their suffering? So there's that the word suffering. Also consider that. The word used here is the same word Paul used when he wrote to Timothy and said, But you be watchful in all things, endure affliction, 2 Timothy 4, 5a. It's a military term uh, to endure the hardships of military service is often how the word was used in the ancient world. So we must also remember that Jesus said, if any man cometh after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So we must realize that though some afflictions we experience may be self-inflicted, that's not always the case. God allows afflictions. We are to assume that afflictions will come because that is the normal Christian experience. James taught that. Jesus taught that. Paul taught that. Clearly. That is the normal experience. 
Moreover, consider that earlier in the book of James, he was speaking to Christians about being oppressed by the wealthy, wicked elites. So affliction is also a broad term. It it might be self-inflicted. It might not be. Um, And it might be physical. It might not be. It might be spiritual. It might be financial. I mean, that, that is a, it is a broad term. One may suffer hardship that he caused or that someone caused toward him or that it's just circumstantial. As Jesus himself said, it rains on the just and the unjust. So, if is anyone among you suffering, let him pray. So let's consider that some afflictions, as I said, are self-inflicted. Now, I want to give you some examples. I don't want you to say, well, he's just guessing. Second uh, Samuel 11 and 12 uh, tells us the story of David committing adultery with Bathsheba, lying about it, killing her husband to cover it up. I mean, we, we know the story. And so because of that affliction, or because of that sin, God brought affliction. David lost his baby. Now, how did David respond? In prayer and repentance. And God redeemed that uh, situation, although the consequences were still there. He still lost the baby, but he was brought back onto the path of righteousness. So sometimes, even though an affliction is self-inflicted because of our own sin, God will still use it to bring us closer to him. Now, some afflictions are not our fault at all, okay? 2 Timothy 2, uh, 8 and 9, Paul suffered from other people because he was doing the right thing. It's, it's actually, it's the opposite. Not because he did something wrong, but because he did something right. Okay, let me read it to you, 2 Timothy 2, 8, 9. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel for which I suffer trouble as an even do, evildoer even to the point of my chains. So we will often be afflicted by those in the world because we stand up for Jesus. So that's, that's persecution. That's another form of affliction. I've got another example. Some afflictions, some sufferings, we don't get a rhyme or reason on this side of eternity. Case in point, Job. Job suffered horrible and terrible loss. And God never told him why. If you go back and read, when Job questioned the Lord, the Lord basically said, you're too big for your britches. Who do you think you're talking to? Where were you when I created the world? Where were you when I created the Leviathan? But if you go back and read the book, he never sat Job down and said, here's why this happened. Never. So regardless of what type of affliction, whether it's self-inflicted, whether it's circumstantial, whether it's persecution, or whether you just don't know why, the answer is always the same. Pray. The answer to affliction is pray. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Regardless of what type of affliction, the answer is prayer. Now, I I want to continue to talk about this word affliction or suffering It is a strong word. 
Okay, this is not spilling your coffee on the way to work. This is not your favorite team lost a ball game. This is genuine, severe hardships that is having a that have a significantly negative impact upon your life. James says, pray. Now, naturally, we wish there was more, right? Like if James would have said, pray, and then boom, everything will be fine. And some teach that. That if you pray with enough faith, God is obligated to just boop, fix it on the spot. Now, first of all, God's not obligated to do anything because he's in charge, not us. And second, we know that that's not what the Bible teaches in James or anywhere else. Uh, Paul prayed three times for God to remove the thorn, and all God told Paul was, my grace is sufficient. We'll speak more about that in a moment. Rather, James just says, Pray, period, full stop. If you're suffering, if you're under affliction, pray. So in the lowest points of our life, true suffering, they should stir us toward the presence of God. There is a portion of Psalms that goes well with this verse. Psalms chapter 50, verses 14 through 15. It says, Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. So the psalmist, for the most part, echoes, echoes the same sentiment as James. He says, The answer to affliction is prayers. Anyone among you suffering, let him pray. Now, let's talk about how God answers the prayer of affliction. Okay, and we're going to look at some scriptural examples of this. Sometimes God answers by deliverance. He will solve the issue or remove you from the issue. For example, Paul and Silas prayed and praised God all night, and God literally got them out of, out of jail, Acts 16.25, and following reads. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately, notice that word immediately, all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Sometimes God delivers us through our prayers immediately. So sometimes his answer is deliverance. Uh, you know, Lord... This bad thing's happening, and, and, and God will make it stop happening, okay? That's as plain as I can get it. But his answer is not always deliverance. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that well. They said, our God is able to deliver, but even if he does not, we're not going to bow. So understand that regardless of, as Adrian Rogers called them, the joy boys on TV, the charismatic charlatans, God is not obligated, no matter how much faith you have, to answer by deliverance. He will answer as he sees fit according to his divine will. Secondly, sometimes he answers by, so the next answer is not just uh, deliverance. Sometimes the answer is perseverance. Um this same Paul, whom God had answered by deliverance out of prison, was answered by perseverance when he was facing a different suffering. Second uh, Corinthians 12, he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure beyond 
uh, excuse me, by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So I mentioned this just to note that God did not remove Paul's suffering. He didn't answer his prayer of affliction by deliverance, but he answered his prayer of affliction by perseverance. He said, in other words, Paul, I'm not going to get rid of the thorn, but I'm going to give you the grace to deal with the thorn and to persevere through the thorn. And sometimes that is God's answer. Now, this destroys the notion from the Joy Boys that if you have enough faith, I mean, who is going to sit here in their right mind and say that Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, didn't have enough faith or didn't pray right? I mean, that is ridiculous. And so sometimes God answers by perseverance. If we are suffering, he allows us the grace to suffer. If any among you is suffering, let him pray. Now, we would all rather the answer be deliverance, but that's not always God's answer. And we need to learn to pray like Jesus, not my will, but thy will be done. So sometimes his answer to prayer from affliction is deliverance. Sometimes it's perseverance. However, each one has a commonality, and that's this. They are found in his presence through prayer. That is the true purpose of affliction, to drive us to the Lord. However, our natural response when trouble strikes is not to pray but to complain, isn't it? Consider the people of Israel wandering in the wilderness. Instead, instead of praying, they told Moses, we'd be better off back in Egypt. That is the natural reaction of God's people, is not to turn to him in trouble, but to turn to grumbling or complaining. Now, back to how God answers prayer. Sometimes the answer is not deliverance or perseverance, but, but simply his presence. Now, I cannot describe to you what it is like to deeply experience the presence of God unless that has happened to you and you know the peace that passes all understanding. It's hard for me to put it into words, uh, but when you are suffering and you pray and pray and pray and there seems to be no answer, but you just, I hate, I mean, I, you know, we don't go on feelings, but you just simply feel better. You, you feel a peace that passes understanding. You don't even really get an answer, whether it's perseverance or deliverance. You, you just get his presence. And it's enough to know he is there. Consider the words of William Walford, sweet hour of prayer sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne, makes all my wants and wishes known. In seasons of distress and grief, my soul has often found relief and oft escaped the tempter's snare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. David faced great suffering in his life. And we have an example of God answering his prayer by presence. 
again, sometimes deliverance, sometimes perseverance, sometimes just by his presence. Psalm 61, 1 and 2, Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Watch this. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That's good, isn't it? When I'm overwhelmed. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. So the solution to suffering or the answer to affliction is to pray. To seek God for deliverance, perseverance, or simply his presence. Now, which answer we get, that's up to God, okay? But our solution is the same. Are you afflicted? Pray. Are you suffering? Pray. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Let me summarize with a song. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Listen to this. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee. Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. The answer to affliction. The solution to suffering, James 5.13, is prayer. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Sometimes God answers by deliverance. Sometimes he answers by giving us perseverance. And sometimes he simply answers by ushering us into his presence. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray.